Live from Western Kentucky University, capital of the Hilltopper Nation. Whether it's in the locker room or on the field, behind the clipboard or on the court, home or away, we've got you covered. Get ready to enter the Red Zone, your destination for all things sports, right here on Revolution 91.7. And welcome everyone back to Red Zone Radio. My name is Tori Balling. I will be your host tonight alongside Ryan Gooden, Kane Gaylord, and Patrick Carey. No Matthew Hargrove tonight. Um, he is out in the land of um, Tennessee. Tennessee Volunteers. Um, so he will not be with us tonight. Um, but other than that, we got a jam-packed show for you all. Um, we'll try to fill the void for him. Uh, other than that, uh, guys, how was your homecoming weekend? Actually, it wasn't too bad. I, uh, I was expecting... Much more rain this weekend than came. No, nothing yeah, happened. Yeah, I thought there was supposed to be a hurricane coming in. I mean, Hurricane Delta, I think it is. And there was supposed to be enough rain yeah. from 1 o'clock to 10 o'clock that night, and there was nothing during the whole game. I was very excited about that, but obviously the result of the game was not fun to watch. Yeah, yeah I'm stressing out right now because of Game 6 tonight. I did not like the ending <laughs> of Game 5, and I was very sad, so... You know, we'll, rough. Get, we'll get to that. I don't think you should necessarily be worrying, Caden, but that was a heck of a game five, no matter uh, oh, yeah. no matter the result. Um, but let's get right into it. Um, WKU football uh, obviously lost to Marshall uh, last night, thirty-eight to fourteen. It was homecoming, um, not a very good one at that though. Uh, WKU turned the ball over three times, uh, actually three fumbles. Uh, they were only outgained by like fifty yards. Um, so it's not like that Marshall just you know just absolutely obliterate WKU in every sense of the word. They didn't. Um, and a part of that was uh, the uh, late third quarter, uh, fourth quarter comeback by, you know, um, our boy Kiveris Thomas that we're going to get to here in a minute. Um, and so let's get it right into that. The biggest story of the game, obviously, is the quarterback situation. Um, Tyrell Pigrome was pulled at the end of the third quarter. Um, he only threw for uh, 62 yards. Uh, I forgot the – I think he might have been 12 for 21. Only had, like – uh, 25 rushing yards. I don't have the stats right in front of me, but um, guys, do you agree with the decision that the coaching staff made to pull Pigrome? I I don't know how to feel about this anymore because I used to think that Pigrome wasn't the the main issue, and I always thought it was the the play calling or the run game or the offensive line couldn't get going. But now it just it seems to be all the factors uh, above. And Kaveris Thomas came in and showed that it's not just the offensive line and the receivers because he came in and did very well at the end of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth. So maybe it is Pigram. He didn't kick, he doesn't take care of the ball. We thought he did. He doesn't throw interceptions, but he, he fumbles way too much for being a running quarterback. Um, it just wasn't a good showing for the QB this game. Well, Kaden? at the time that they pulled him, I just want to give a little context. Um, I thought it was going to happen at the end of the first half. That's when I kind of thought it was – going to take place maybe even the start of the second half but they they uh kept going with Pagrome and at the time of when they put Kiveris Thomas in WKU had 116 total yards well and my question is did they pull him to save him for the next game so they because they know he's a starter and they don't want him to get hurt or was it a pull as in that's a good question because we saw that with Jimmy G today in um right in but he Miami. doesn't have a previous injury it's just like yeah. we don't want him to get hurt for future or is it hey this is this is a time for Kiveris to show out and Proved to me that he can be a number one QB. It, it was a um, we're, we have no chance of winning this game. Right. Let's just see what Kavarius Thomas has. Um, when he came into the 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 last series, I think Tyrell Pigram had was when they were running 
some they were running a read and I think he tried to pull it and yeah it was the fumble that was returned for a touchdown I think that was his last series before Thomas came in but turnovers were a huge issue and I think I think Pigram starts next game honestly it's it, you know it was he had a terrible game but the whole team had a terrible game I mean it's not all on him it's on every aspect every aspect of the game for WK right now is just bad and you know they're gonna a lot of the fans are gonna blame Pigram, but it's not all his fault. I mean, he has been poor, yes, but the playbook doesn't really get opened up for him. And when he scrambles, the receivers look confused out there. That you know, when when your quarterback scrambles, if you are running a deep route, you come back up short. If you are running a short route, you go deep. And the receivers were just standing around waiting for him to do something. Yeah, you're right, Caden. The playbook doesn't really get opened up a lot. Uh, you know, other than um, Thomas and Pergrom are your quarterbacks, and they were both your leading rushers. I mean. You're you're getting basically nothing from your run game. Um, Zachary Moses uh, averaged three point seven yards a carry, and Gage Walker, who has basically become non-existent in this offense, uh, averaged a yard and a half per carry. Um, it, it's just hard to do anything when you don't get anything from your run game, and you have no veteran wide receivers to help you out. It is kind of you know puzzling as what is he supposed to do. But at the same time, um, I think if whether it was a change for this is a blowout or this is a change for the future. Um, I think the change had to be made just because, like I said, you only had 116 total yards of offense. Yeah, it's a different spot. It gets the team going in a different direction, which is, oh, it's a different look for the defense. But my problem is is you talked about the rushing game, and it's it's not the fact that you know we have a bad offensive line because Western has four out of the five guys that are on that offensive line are coming back from last year, yet we seem to be – like, Western seems to run the ball sideways more than the vertical. I don't understand that at all. It seems like everything's got to be a sweep, which ends up going backwards five yards, and then it's, you get three yards on every carry here and there. You never see a breakout run. It's because you don't run vertically. You, you keep running these lateral routes, and I don't, I don't, I don't get it. It's just, it's just a mess back there, man. They, they need time to figure it out. But I don't think, you know, you pull Pigram right now. I mean – he Hudson, uh, I mean not Hudson. I'm sorry, Helton. He didn't answer um, if you know Kavarius Thomas was starting this game. He still said right now. Well, he said, well today, uh, Pigram's our guy. So you know, I think Pigram plays to start the game, and if they are losing by halftime, Thomas will see the field. Well, and I think that that would be very frustrating for fans if uh, Pigram comes out as a starting quarterback on Saturday. Not necessarily that that's the wrong thing to do. It's just that's how fans typically are. And, I mean, let's just get into how Thomas played. He looked pretty good considering everything. Now, he was probably playing the second-string defense. That helps out a lot. But uh, 9 for 18, 148 yards and a touchdown. Seven carries for 30 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the touchdown throw he had at the end of the game was a beautiful throw. I mean, probably the best throw that's been thrown by a WK quarterback all year. Which is weird to me that they opened the playbook up for Kavarius Thomas, but yet Tyro Pickering can probably make that same throw, and yet he doesn't seem to get those same um, throw opportunities that, that Thomas did towards the end of the game. And you could be right because because the uh, Marshall had their second unit in, but also Pickering doesn't throw the ball downfield, and it could be because of the receivers. But you have to at least take a chance if – you're so one-dimensional if all you can do is run the ball with Pigram because, one, your run game is awful with the, with the backs you have, and then the fact that you know you can't throw it to a receiver because you can't trust any of them, then it's leading to, well, it's Pigram or nothing, and that's how it seems to be all season. And, man, Thomas, Thomas has a cannon. He really does. But at the same time, 
I don't think he's smart when throwing the ball because I saw him throw the ball into triple coverage at least three times, and they were almost intercepted almost every single time. So, I mean, if he can if he can become more accurate and smarter on the field, I, I have no problem with being, him being on the field. But, you know, Pigram doesn't turn the ball over usually. And this game, it, it was just horrible. And, you know, it's, it's just going to be a rough season for the Hilltoppers this year. Well, I, I think that a part of uh, Kaveris Thomas's maybe inaccuracy or decision-making is that that's literally the first field time he's seen here at WKU. That's um, true. I mean, he is a redshirt junior, is that correct? And that's the first time he's touched the field. And I just think that matters, you know, even though he has the experience of being there, he's, he hasn't had uh, college Division I uh, game experience. And, you know, considering all that versus a tough Marshall team, I thought he looked pretty good. And he's a big dude now. I mean, when he's getting up and down, there's not many guys I would think that I want to uh, stand, stand in front of him because he is a big dude that can – uh, get down the field uh, with his legs as well as he has, you know, he has a cannon of an arm. So uh, overall, I think he might be your best um, best bet going forward. But uh, the defense also had a rough night, um, you know, giving up 38 points and in two plays that game was seven nothing. And I could, I wasn't at the stadium, but I could feel it after those two plays that everyone knew this wasn't going to go well. Well, sadly, I was on the field when that when those two <laughs> plays happened, and the guy ran right in front of me yelling. Western, you know, Western down, basically. I yep. can't say the words that he said, but <laughs> it wasn't nice. And it's like that was their their whole mentality going to that game was we're going to run the ball down your throat and you can't stop it. And when you try to stop it, we're going to throw over top of you. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, no, there was no bad offensive plays for Marshall during that game, it seemed like. And it just seemed they could get whatever they wanted on the WKU defense, which seems to be a trending theme this season. Now, I will say no, Marshall came out punched Western in the mouth. But that second quarter, Western buckled down for a little bit. But they were on the field the entire time. You know, they had no time to rest, so they were obviously tired. But Western defense played better as the game progressed. But they they were just too tired, and Marshall just kept attacking them and attacking them. And missed tackles is another thing with this team. For some reason, this team doesn't decide to tackle, and I don't get it. I mean, making open field tackles is really hard for a DB, I know. But, you know, you can't have – 10 missed tackles a game and you know but we'll see how this defense plays out but I think you know it sounds bad but 38-14 does sound bad but I don't think the Western defense played as bad as it looks well and we here at Red Zone Radio we harp on on this West Kentucky team a lot but coming into this game I mean Marshall was favored by 80 percent basically by every ESPN board across the nation but it just seemed like there was no fight and we t- we talked about this last week before going into this game which is Marshall's going to put up points. It's just a matter of can Western Kentucky at least try to keep up with the pace of the game that Marshall put up, and they couldn't, and it's just what it came down to. Yeah, and uh, I put a poll up on the WK Twitter or WK Red Zone Twitter account of who you would rather see at quarterback, um, Tyrell Pigrom or Kiveris Thomas. Uh, what are you guys guessing on what the fans say? Because I think I think fans will want Kiveris Thomas to say. Easily. Fans, fans are um, sometimes overreact to games like these. Um, and when you see Kaveras Thomas have two touchdowns in a matter of a quarter and maybe a half, they're going to pick Thomas, especially coming out as a four-star. But I think uh, the most logical answer would be Pigram, at least for another game. It's it's a similar thing to Kentucky's situation right now. You know, some fans are calling for Joey Gatewood. You know, but you have to start out with Pigram, to me, uh, next game. Um, and if it goes bad, then 
why not throw Thomas in there? But to start next game, pick him. But I see fans fans will say they want Thomas to start. Yeah, because for fans, the grass is always greener on the other side, and the backup quarterback is always the next John Elway. So, um, <laughs> uh, so I, I definitely think that Kavaris Thomas will win that poll. But uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little college football. It was a wild weekend in college football, so we'll get into that. And a little MLB playoffs talk uh, uh, after the break. Uh, you're listening to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Keeping you up to date on Western Kentucky sports, you're in the red zone right here on Revolution 91.7. What a day it was in college football yesterday as COVID season just uh, keeps getting a little crazier. Um, the SEC in particular, uh, what happened to the S- SEC defense? There just is none anymore. It, it used to mean more in the it's SEC. It's turned into the Big 12. Yeah, it's it's the, it's, it's the Big 12. It died Big 12 now. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, you're looking – you can put over-under on the SEC, and usually it's, you know, 50 or below. Now you're looking at, like, 75 for the last yeah. weekend. It's re- like you just don't see that for SEC defenses. Yeah, getting into these some of these game scores, uh, number 21, Texas A&M beat number 4-4 four, four to 41-38. to 38. Uh, Missouri beat 17, LSU 45-41. to 41. Uh, Ole Miss uh, almost uh, got to Alabama, but they would end up uh, falling 63-48. to 48. 63 to 48 in an SEC game that included Nick Saban. That included um, Najee Harris ran for five touchdowns. It wasn't even like it was a passing. Yeah, like he ran for five touchdowns. Yeah, Najee Harris had uh, 23 carries for 206 yards, and that is a ridiculous nine yards a carry for five <laughs> touchdowns. That is like what you see in video games. And like, if you're looking at like Derrick Henry's high school stats, that's what Najee Harris did in this past game. Um, so. What do we think that there has to be anything to do with maybe like shortened practice times or maybe defenses might have got hit by COVID or some odd reason as to why the SEC is just putting up points all of a sudden? I have absolutely no reason why. Like, I don't understand how Florida, number four team, gives up 41 points to a Texas A&M team that's mediocre at best, and yet they come in – Obviously, it's at Texas A&M. It seemed like for some reason COVID wasn't a thing there because that place was packed to the house. I mean, there were, it was stands. The entire stands were. Oh full. yeah, like I don't know if anybody lost the Georgia Auburn game last week, but there looked like there was 178 thousand people in that stadium. All that could fit, they they fit it in there. It's like it's one seat separating. But I, yeah, I'm cares. pretty sure maybe the Dolphins just got um. They, yeah, they yeah, just they got approved for 100. percent So. Yeah. Uh, you know, COVID's definitely not gone, but in the SEC, it, uh, you know, technically in the, is. In the South. Yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, in the South, it's technically gone. Um, LSU dropping to Mizzou. Um, I knew LSU wasn't good, but that is a, a new low for LSU to lo- lose to a uh, Missouri team that's not good at all. Well, and Missouri had a, a close game, um, I guess not yesterday, but a week ago against, I can't remember who it was, but it was an SEC school, and the, it was kind of like, that's why it was the game of the week this week was because Missouri had a great game last week. They didn't win, but it was like they had that chance against a bad LSU team to come out and beat them. And they got beat by 23 versus Tennessee last week. Maybe it was the week before. They got beat <laughs> by uh, – is that not – yeah, not team by Alabama. It Maybe I'm close. making stuff up. <laughs> no, it was close for a while. Maybe <laughs> I'm making stuff up. But either way, um, this Missouri team came out firing on all cylinders, and LSU looks – about as bad as you can be after winning a national championship the year before. I mean, you also they they lost like what 17, 18 players. Like, you know, we can't. I mean, we can blame them for being this bad, but you can't be 
that shocked. And when you don't have your best receiver, Jamar Chase, playing this season, stuff like this is going to happen. But, I mean, the shot for me was that Ole Miss put up 48 points and Alabama put up 63 because when did that – when was – whoever thought that was going to happen? If you ask me what the over-under would be, uh, it would be like 45. But the also, I just want to point out, Auburn got bailed out again this week. I know we didn't really – it wasn't really talked about, but Auburn got bailed out when Bo Nix snapped the ball. He fumbled it, picked it back up, and yep. spiked it backwards, and they called it – intentional grounding when Arkansas recovered it yeah I didn't know the rule there like I know that you know technically he he um spiked it backwards but I did not know that if you fumble the snap and then you spike it it's intentional grounding I didn't know that either that, that shouldn't be how does that make sense you fumbled the ball and then you picked it up and fumbled it again that's it's a fumble well <laughs> like, I, know, I know that but aside from aside from the fact that he you know threw it backwards he threw it backwards like I did not know that you know, maybe that was just me being dumb, but I did not know that if you fumble the snap that you can't spike it after that without being intentional grounding. But then I thought, does it really make that big of a difference? Because all you do is lose it down, and it's mar- it's well, it's a ten second, it's ten second runoff. That's true. That, that so, is true. and there was like twenty eight seconds left in the game. It was a ten second runoff. But yep. either way, it's just a an odd way to to end a game like that. Um, but the Ole Miss game. It's not as shocking to me that they put up 48 points because you have Lane Kiffin <laughs> over there, and you know they're going to put up points um, on that Ole Miss team. It's just a matter of can they play any defense, and clearly they could not. It's just weird to see on the other side that Alabama, who usually is the one that has the, the strong defense in the SEC, giving up 48 points. I think things will return back to normal when the Big Ten comes back and the, you'll see scores like 7-3. to three. And we'll finally have some normalcy around Michigan and Michigan State. (laughs) I'm going to uh, run this by you all real quick. Um, So not counting last year's 15-0 by the LSU Tigers, um, which, I mean, you know, that's a a big accomplishment going 15-0. First 15-0. Well, actually, no. Clemson. Yeah, Clemson was. Um, But anyway, second 15-0 team and, you know, national champions by a ton. Um, besides that, Ed Orgeron is 42 and 38 in his head coaching career. Now, I love Ed Orgeron, uh, you know, go Tigers, but um, I, I love him. But is that something that we need to discuss that maybe Joe Burrow just, you know, saved his, you know, coaching career? Or I always love these conversations because it happens every once in like six years. Uh, you remember South Carolina um, in the national and the NCAA match March Madness tournament, yeah. and they went to the Final Four, and it's because they had Sandarius Thornwell, and that coach got so much love that year, and yet he's been very bad ever since. It's the matter of who you have, and yes, if you can win with the players that you're supposed to win with, then it makes you a decent coach or a good coach. But Ed Orgeron being a great coach is just—it's kind of ridiculous because he—he's not unless he has the players, he's not that good, and it clearly shows. I mean, they're. What, 0-3, 1-2? Yeah, I mean, like, I think he deserves credit for, you know, getting like Joe Burrow there and the ridiculous offense that he built last year because it was one of the best college offenses I've ever seen. But uh, I think at some point you just kind of got to take a look at that. Uh, moving on to MLB playoffs real quick. The Yankees lost to the Rays in Game 5 on Friday night. Um, so the Yankees – have they they had in the 2010s they had their first decade without making a World Series appearance haven't been in the World Series since 2009. Uh, Roldis Chapman gave up the game winning homer to a guy that he uh, almost just obliterated earlier in the season. Um, I don't know if there's any Yankee fans in here, but I just think with all the talent that the Yankees have had the past you know decade plus, it's starting to get a little worrisome as to why they can't make the World Series. Well, and it's so weird to me. So 
the the Yankees who spend about 250 mil a year on their players, and yet the Tampa Bay Rays who don't crack 100 million are coming out here with a better um, relief staff. Their, their pitching yeah. is way better. Um, they played a whole game five where basically it was a three inning stretch for each pitcher. Yeah which you don't see that often, especially in a game five. You throw your best pitcher out there and you see if you can win a game. And then the offense, you have random people just stepping up here and there. You have, um, I can't pronounce that his Randy name. guy. Randy. <laughs> who, the, uh, who the heck is a that DH guy? A DH who you've never heard of before this year, uh, yeah. probably before the playoffs, and he's been going off this entire stretch. It's just you get players to step up. It's just a matter of can they do it in the biggest situations, and you'll see that if they uh, can do it against the Astros. The Yankees remind me of – the 2004 Lakers, you know, they have all these great players and then they just choke. And I don't understand why they – there's no salary cap in baseball, right? No. Correct. And they spend all this money on all these players. Well, there, there is a luxury tax. If you spend over a certain number, you do get taxed at a heavy rate. But gotcha. Which is why the big, the bigger the market, the more money you – the more people you can bring in. It's kind of like uh, if, the, if the Lakers and the Boston Celtics, if it was the MLB rules, they would be ruling the NBA in terms of – players because yeah. they would have the most money right gotcha. um but i think you know i think you you can't have a yankees 2020 conversation without you know pointing out that they had a ton of injuries um their pitching staff was just uh desolated by injuries uh namely uh luis severino and james paxton and you know you already have 200 plus million invested in john carl stanton who was amazing in this playoffs but you already have 200 some million invested in Garrett Cole. I don't know if you can go out and get like a uh, Trevor Bauer that's on the market. I just don't know if that's possible. For yeah, the I don't know, and it's it's weird because that game five, I believe Garrett Cole did pitch, correct? Yes, he did. He so, threw well, and he did throw well. He threw well, and then next thing you know, they come in with reliever. The reliever played well. Um, the lefty, I can't remember his uh, name. Zach Britton. Zach Britton, and he had some. He had great two, two and third, three innings, yep. and then a Chapman came in who's supposed to be your relief pitcher, but you put him in at the seventh inning which is a weird thing to me. I don't understand why you have a guy who can barely throw two innings and you want him to go there for th- uh, two and a, a I third. Just, yeah, that, that brings up a really good point. I just don't think it is debatable anymore, and it's all, almost like asinine to ask a Rolls Chapman to go more than three outs anymore. Right. I mean, you saw it in the 2016 World Series where Joe Madden just pitched him into the ground and just kept going with him. And pretty much, you know, Chapman's not a very good uh, stretch reliever anyway, but when you – Ask him to come in the seventh and then get nine outs. That's just that. At this point, I just think that's a ludicrous idea for a manager to consider. Especially, well, and it, it, and I believe it was the seventh or eighth inning where he gave up the home run, so they didn't even have a chance to re- yeah. to to close the game. But it's the offense that that worries me. It's like you have Gary Sanchez, who's not a good catcher, which is why he can't play the yeah, field. Yeah, he's not even playing. He's not even playing. You yeah. don't play him game five at all, and yet. You're paying him a decent amount of money. You still got Stanton, Judge, uh, DJ LeMahieu. You have all these stud, Glaber Torres, studs on the offense, and yet you put up one run. Yeah. How how do you all feel about Houston making it this far? I think they're going to go to the World Series. Cheaters. I mean, are they cheating this year, though? No. Uh, no. No, there's no way. And it I shows mean, that they, they really didn't need to the previous years. I'm not, I'm not really sure why they did. It just made it easier for them. And they've not been in their own home ballpark um, where – the MLB's having these bubbles. They've not been in their own park, so there's no possible way for them to have been cheating. They were actually in Dodger Stadium, so right. obviously the Dodgers would be looking for them to cheat. So there's that that's how the question. It's just um They're just playing good. Yeah, they're just 
there's massive but what's everyone always knew they were talented hitters i mean it's not like when they would go on the road they lost all 81 road games those years they were cheating it's just you know these guys are dudes they're competitors yeah they they uh possibly cheat a world series but um at the end of the day they're still professionals that want a ring well that and the fact that um people always so after the, the cheating scandal people were always like you know what can they do when they're not cheating like let's see them this yeah. year well this year they're easily probably the hottest team right now going into the ALDS and it's like they have a chance to to make it to the World Series yet again without cheating and face a choking team on the other side who was notoriously bad in the playoffs especially in the World Series and the Dodgers so it's like you have your chance to be cheaters last year and yet come back don't cheat this year and still be World Series champions it's it's kind of incredible uh, all right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little NFL action uh, before we're getting into the NBA a little later. So uh, uh, come back to us after the break. You're listening to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Keeping you up to date on Western Kentucky sports, you're in the Red Zone right here on Revolution 91.7. I get no Welcome back to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Uh, talking about NFL, um, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, not only you know screwed the pooch in their own right today, but they screwed my man Ryan Gooden out of a substantial amount of money. Uh, gambling's legal, sports gambling's legal in the United States now, so we can talk about this. Yeah, we can, and, and I am 21, so it does work in my yeah, favor. <laughs> but I, I swear, every week is just it's a different it's a different you know, games with the same result. It is a Sunday ritual for me to come in uh, to Red Zone and Ryan showed me the team that screwed him out of a, you know, $15,000 parlay. Because it is a, it's always one team, and this week um, it was the Kansas City Chiefs who seem to be one of the locks for my yeah, picks this I week. Mean that, I mean, you that expect would be the no Raiders yeah. to, hey. to absolutely get demolished by the Chiefs, but yet uh, here we are. You might lose this uh, second game, too. The Giants are currently up 34-31 right now on the uh, Cowboys. <laughs> Well, yeah, nobody expected uh, Mr. Prescott to go out with what apparently looked like Gordon Hayward's injury from two years ago. Yeah, let's get into it. Um, the Bears beat the Bucks on Thursday night 20-19, and guys, it officially <laughs> looks like uh, Tom Brady has reached um, you know, where he can uh, get the senior citizen discount at McDonald's, uh, get his 50-cent coffee. Um did he know it was fourth down or no? Uh, clearly not. No, <laughs> no absolutely not. J.R. Smith. Yeah. He has uh, – he has early set Alzheimer's, and it's it's looking like the the Buccaneers. As I we, me and a bunch of people have talked about it. I've always seen the Buccaneers as, as a nine and seven team. They're mediocre. They have a decent quarterback, but not great. They have no run game. They have a decent O line, but clearly not great. As you saw in that Bears game, it's just a matter of those receivers. But I mean, you give up twenty points to Nick Foles, who is notoriously bad as a starter in the regular season. Obviously, we know what he can do in the playoffs when the, the all the lights are on him and it's big. But, I mean, nobody played well in this game except for the defenses. Yeah, and I think it's um, – I don't feel bad for Tom Brady, but I think that – I don't. I just don't think he he took into account what he was leaving in New England. Not, not that he was a career assistant quarterback because I don't believe that, but, like, when you have – you know, a terrible offensive line and guys are just hitting you left and right and you're having to make quick decisions, which you can't really do at this point in your career anymore. Uh, and then add on the fact that, you know, you know the defense played decent this game, I guess, but, you know, you don't have that New England defense. At this age of your career, I just don't see – like when 
when Brett Favre left the Packers and went to uh, the Jets first, you know, it didn't really work out. But he went to the Vikings. You know, he still wa- he wasn't at the age that Tom Brady is. Right. You know, Tom Brady's older than any other quarterback that's tried this experiment out before, and I think it could have either went Jets, Brett Favre, or Vikings, Brett Favre, and it's clearly going towards the Jets. Which is kind of sad, but it shows the um, the greatness of Bill, Bill Belichick, Belichick because yeah. – it's not like, like you said, it's not Brady's not a system quarterback, but it shows that the system helped Brady much more than we thought it did. Because if you look at that system right now, he has changed it towards Cam Newton's strong suits, which is I'm going to run the ball either with my running backs and we're going to go sideways, or I'm going to run it down your throat with Cam Newton, and we'll throw the occasional bomb. With Tom Brady, you would never do that. And it shows that Bruce Arians, you can't really – you know, adapt to Tom Brady because he's 45 years old. I mean, he cannot throw the ball down the field anymore. His arm is just a noodle. I don't, I don't understand why he would think it's he's he should have retired last year. And I know you don't want to end on a on a pick six as your last throw in the league, but you you probably no should've. one no one would have remembered you for that. Especially not you probably should have retired when you beat the Rams in 2018. Yeah, that's true. Because that's that's the way to go out, and that's what everybody's talking about. But he wanted to play till he's 45 and all this, and he yet, wanted that big money too. Yeah, he wasn't and, getting uh, it. He uh he just doesn't look good anymore. Uh yeah, and moving on to um the Raiders and Chiefs, is this a cause of concern for the Chiefs no. or is this just uh the, This was a perfect game played this, by the Raiders. Is this the clunker that they deserve to be able to throw up when you are the Super Bowl champs? It is, but it's not even like cuz the Raiders have actually looked good this season, which is hard for me to say yeah. because Derek Carr is at the helm, but John Gruden has, has brought this team to where you have Henry Ruggs on one side, Nelson Aguilar on the other side, who couldn't catch a ball in Philly, but it seems like he can catch all of them in Oakland. As long as you run the ball with Josh Jacobs and you get a few play-action passes, you have so much speed that all you have to do is throw the ball down the field 50 yards and hope one of them catches it. And yep. it seems to be working out, at least for the first five games. Yep. Uh, and then going to Dallas and the Giants, uh, Dallas just tied uh, the Giants uh, 34-34. 34 uh, on a Greg Zerline um, field goal with a minute 56. So uh, Danny Dimes is going to be able to run a two-minute drill. Um, but the story of this game is Dak Prescott going down with a very gruesome injury and uh, one that you hate to see. Uh, Especially for, with the uh, way he started off this season. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's obviously, um, as an Eagles fan, I, I absolutely despise the Cowboys. But nobody, and including me, nobody, nobody wants to see a player go down, and especially with a gruesome injury like this. But on top of the adversity he has faced in these last couple of years. Well, it doesn't help that um, he hasn't gotten help from any of his defense this year. I mean, the guy's putting up 40 points a game, and they're still losing games. And it makes, but it, it, makes it worse that he's not getting any money after this And season. that's what I was going to bring yeah, up. He true. didn't sign a contract, so now it's like Jerry Jones kind of has that out, which is, well, you got hurt. How do I know you're not going to get hurt again? This could be a year-long injury where he's not back until the middle of the season next year. You just don't know. Nothing has come out yet, obviously, but – it's just sad to see um, for Dak Prescott. Uh, he is going to have surgery tonight, I believe. Yeah. So, um, tough injury for the Cowboys. Uh, that's just the last thing they needed. I'd just like to say, <laughs> if the Giants pull out and win this game, every team in the NFC East will have one win. And we're basically a half a game back from first place. And that's putrid. It, <laughs> it just shows, like, how trash the NFC East is, but it's also very competitive every single year. I mean, there's there hasn't been really a consistent division winner um, in the past decade. 
It so, is true. It's just it's very bad competitive yeah. football. <laughs> and I told Patrick uh, we had we have another podcast on the on a different show here, and it, I told him on uh, Thursday I said watch out for the Giants to get their first win this week. Obviously, I didn't expect Dak Prescott to go down, but I this this is a game that the Cowboys just seem to know how to lose every year. It's just a right. team that they should easily beat, and yet they come in, they start out slow, and they have to make a comeback towards the end. So I just want to point out um, the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy, we can finally stop the Jimmy G hype because he's not that good. To be fair, I, I was never on the. I Jimmy don't know G if hype. there was ever like any Jimmy G hype other than when he went, when he won a few games at the end of the season he first started. Well, and it, yeah, that was that was the main hype was when he's like, yep. oh, we have going in the next year we have a top pick, um, in Nick Bosa, and then you know Jimmy G played out of his mind last year, but. Nobody, I mean, he hands the ball off 60% of the time during his games. He doesn't do much other than check downs and a few drag routes. It's like you take one shot a game, and usually it's an interception uh, for Jimmy G. It's just he was overpaid from the very beginning, but that's what he was asking for out of New England. It's kind of like whoever wanted to pay it to him, and it just happened to be the, the 49ers. He threw uh, 17 passes, uh, completed seven, uh, completed two to the defense, um, and had 77 yards. <laughs> and got benched in the in the first half. Now they said that it wasn't a benching. They said it was just protecting him from future injury. Do we buy that? No, because no. if he if that game is close, I guarantee he's still in the second I'll half. I'll tell you who will not be the quarterback from here on out for the San Francisco 49ers, and that is Nick Mullins because he threw probably the worst pass I've ever seen in uh professional football last week uh in that pick six to the Eagles. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I mean I don't even think I don't know how you don't, but nobody saw that guy. But he was clearly right in front of the receiver, and there's a reason he's not playing this week. And yet, C.J. Beathard is not any better. Yeah. So, well, the, the 49ers are in a study. The TV hurt. angle of that pick, was, like it literally just looked like he threw it right to him. He oh, said, yeah. "Here, have the ball." Well, even the replay of the the quarterback angle. Yeah. You could still see him. Yeah. <laughs> he's clearly <laughs> like, there. Like, it wasn't much uh, discrepancy on where he was. It was clearly right in front of the receiver. I don't know why he even thought about throwing that. But San Francisco needs a not. A, I'm not going to say a new quarterback yet. They just need. Um, a wake-up call this year that's hopefully not an injury. So the NFC runs through Seattle and Green Bay, right? Correct? Everybody agree? Easily. I want to see a little more out of Seattle. Their defense hasn't really turned it on yet. Russell Wilson's the MVP so far this year. I agree. So as much – I do think Green Bay is the best team in the NFC right now, uh, but Seattle is is a close second. Well, I would like to name – like, I'm not saying that Seattle isn't good, but let's look at their four wins. Um they beat the Falcons, awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, beat the Patriots, and, you know, if Cam Newton puts that ball in the end zone on the last play, they lose that game. But he didn't. He didn't. Uh, they played the Cowboys, which, you know, terrible defense, and then uh, the Dolphins. So, you know. That's fair. I, I believe in the Seahawks. I just want to see a little more out of them before I, you know, proclaim them as But as of in, to the games they've yeah. played so far, they are the second-best team in the NFC. I agree. Um, and then going to um, the AFC, the Cleveland Browns, ladies and gentlemen, are four and one. I don't, I not that I don't buy it, but uh, they I don't, beat I don't a buy it. pretty. I don't know how to describe the Colts, but I'd say pretty decent. I'd say mediocre. Um, they have a good defense and a very below average offense under Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is a is a lesser version of Tom Brady at a younger please. age. He uh, he seems like every primetime game. He's down seven with about two minutes to go and has a chance to, to hit a game-winning drive and just never never comes through. I Is he a Hall of Famer? No. Philip Rivers? No. 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 
I don't Ooh. think so. I bet you he gets I in. Guarantee I guarantee he gets into the Hall of Fame. Uh, he doesn't deserve it. He has, he has too many kids to get in the Hall of Fame. Um, <laughs> so the Browns beat the Colts and uh, got a pretty average game from Baker Mayfield, 21 for 37, 247 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Um, they also get very good passing from their wide receivers. Uh, last week it was uh, Odell. Jarvis Landry, and this week it was Odell with an 18-yard pass, so there's that. But um, I think when Nick Chubb comes back, uh, I think this team could – I'm not going to say that, you know, they're Super Bowl contenders or anything, but I think they're definitely a playoff team. Well, we've always known on paper this Browns team, on paper, yeah. is the best offense and they in the league. they might have found themselves a decent enough coach. Yeah, it, it, helps, enough. it helps Baker Mayfield. And hopefully you can, you can stick with this coach because he hasn't had the same coach for the past uh, four years since he's been there, yeah. three years, whatever. Um, but this should be how the Browns are playing. I mean – you just got to hope that defense can kind of hold up because there's not really a, a good part to that defense. I mean, yep. you have good players in specific positions, but it's not like a, a unit where you can say, I trust that unit no matter where we're going. So I That's just want to see with Baker Mayfield. What'd you say? That's how I feel with, but with Baker Mayfield. Which is? Like, he's still, like, he's playing consistent, but at the end of the day, I still don't trust him at the end of the day. Today, he no, no Nick Chubb, so the rushing yards weren't really there. He steps up in a big game. Terrible overthrows, two picks. There were a couple throws that were just still the average Baker Mayfield. So I don't think he's still there. Yeah, I'm not saying well, I'm going to trust him in a playoff game yet, but at least to get to the playoffs, this might be the first time for the Browns in, in a long time. Yep. All right, we're going to take a break. and When we come back, we're going to have the conversation everybody's dying to have, and that's about the NBA Finals. Uh, they might have just tipped off, I think. Uh, so uh, we're going to talk about that and uh, going to have pick a little bit later on Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Talking all things Tapper Sports, you're listening to Red Zone on Revolution 91.7. Welcome back to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Probably a good thing that the Lakers aren't wearing the Mamba jerseys tonight because they blew their chance to win the title in the Mamba jerseys on Friday night. Caden, your reaction to that? I was very devastated. Like, I've never felt that sick in my life. You know, Danny Green was wide open. Why was Danny Green brought to this team? Well, all right, let's let's no, no, let's no. get into it a little bit. Uh, so, first off, as a LeBron fan, like, I'm not, you know, a, I'm not going to say the name I typically call him, but I, as a <laughs> LeBron person, I'm not. But that had to have been one of the hardest games to lose because if – they win that game. That is a top five NBA Finals LeBron James performance. Agreed? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, he wins 16 to 21, 40 points, I think like 12 rebounds or something like that. It, and the main thing was he shot the three and he shot it well. Yeah, he, he shot it really well. And he did something that, like, you know, everyone's always proclaimed LeBron as making the smart play. You know, MJ – Fans, they always claim, you know, LeBron didn't take the last shot. LeBron doesn't want the ball in his hands. LeBron does he passes. He's too passive, this and that. I mean, as an objective person, LeBron's always made the right play. And during the stretch run of that game five, LeBron was saying, get out of my way. We're going to either do pick and roll, and I'm going to get into a wide open three, or I'm going to take it to the rim and score. But in the final possession, I think that the Lakers made a mistake. And that was giving LeBron the ball on the first catch on the inbound. Because I think you basically ask for someone else to take the shot at that moment. Because you know if LeBron 
takes it to the rim, he's going to get double, triple teamed. It, at that point, I, I, all five players were, were yeah, basically all of them were on him. But I think that's what they wanted. I mean, they brought Danny Green back into the game for that reason. I'm yeah. pretty sure. And you know, he missed it. Okay, he missed. Then Markeith Morris doesn't get enough hate for what happened after that. I think he's gotten plenty of hate. I don't, not enough. <laughs> I, I mean, he's got. I, he's he's got I don't know if that was a. I'm assuming it was a pass to AD. It yeah, was. It, it was. just wasn't even close. I mean, AD was posting I, up. I think on he a guy. thought AD. I think he was. Think of throwing it over. Hey guys, let's watch. It. Let's 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 talk. Let's not watch the game. Um, Dallas just won. Oh, that, oh, that's the Giants game. I thought you. Were ta- I thought that was the NBA game. Oh, okay, all right, I got you. So, but I think that he was trying to throw over the defender. But um, I think that I want to. Even though LeBron made the air quotes right play, I want him taking the shot. I I don't want him taking that. No, shot. No, no, not that shot. I'm not saying he should have taken. It right there. I just think it was a mistake to throw him the ball off the inbounds and basically ask him to ask someone else to win the game because that's basically what the Lakers did by throwing LeBron the ball. So you, you want you want somebody else to to run the offense for the first ten seconds, and then when when you finally give the ball to LeBron, it's kind of like a one on one situation where he steps take back like a step back three because that's probably what it would have happened. I've he probably would have got more hate then than he would have if he just passed. Oh, absolutely! He was getting hate either way. Yeah, MJ fans are gonna you know, and it's dumb because Michael Jordan you know threw it to Paxson and Kerr for game winners and stuff. But MJ fans are gonna as soon as LeBron lets go of that basketball, they're oh he can't do it in the big. And it's not like he wasn't asking for the ball back because when Markeith Morris had it, oh yeah, he's wide open. He was wide open. He's he's over there screaming for the ball. It's just he didn't get it. But um, it's just you're right. You don't you want to see your best player taking the shot. At the end of the game, but if if I'm LeBron and I'm not taking the shot, I would rather have Anthony Davis at the three point well, line than I yeah, would. But Andy the thing Green. about him was he's hurt. He was hurt. He didn't want the ball at all. That's no, why he, he was down on the block. You were right, and I was going. I was going to say before Caden pointed that out that I think the the move that you had to go with was either give someone else the ball and then get LeBron like a pin down action or coming off a screen, then catching the ball and then him making the play, or get a pick and roll with Anthony Davis. But right. He was hurt. Um, so, I will say there was one weak moment that I hated uh, after the game, and that was both LeBron James and Frank Vogel calling out the refs um, and saying that, you know, Jimmy Butler's getting this call and that call. I just thought that was really weak after you well, that's, l- lose a game that you had a chance to win. Frank Vogel thinks he's the coach of the year. now. I don't know what's gotten into him, but he wasn't like this in Indiana. When – Every time that LeBron goes to the rim or Anthony Davis turns shoot like anything, if he falls down, Frank Vogel's over there like putting his hands up, kind of like Iguodala and LeBron always do. It's like, who do you think you are? You you are the only reason you are in the NBA Finals is because LeBron is on your team. The only thing I will say is though, uh, Jimmy Bell's getting to the line ten times a game. You know, I mean, he doesn't shoot threes, so he doesn't as well. But do? you know, he's getting calls that. LeBron and AD aren't technically getting, oh but I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm just saying. It sounds like you're complaining. I mean, I didn't even know LeBron and Frank Vogel said something after the game, so that was news. Well, to I mean, me. that that was like Vogel's like first thing. They asked him about like the like his first reaction to the game. That was the first thing he pointed out. Well, why are you banking on? I hate when people bake on the calls. It's like play the yeah. game, and if you get the call, then good. If and you let's, don't, then let's not act like that. LeBron and one he had that no one touched him at all. Which one? The one, the one like, close to, towards the end when, like, yeah, Jay Crowder and yeah. Tyler Hero. Yeah, no one really touched him. And, I, like, I'm not saying that, like, you know, that's a terrible car or whatever. I'm just saying, you know. If we want to be ticky-tacky about yeah, fouls, be then, then we can go through the whole game. Out, yeah. But it's just, 
it's it it makes me mad that that's what you're you're banking the win off of. It's like, oh, we lost the game because because of the foul calls. It's not because Danny Green missed a shot. It's not because Markeith Morris threw the ball away. It's because we didn't get enough foul calls. Yeah, that's what I don't like. Uh, I want to have a Jimmy Butler conversation real quick. Is Jimmy Butler a top ten player in the NBA? No. Tell me why. He's top fifteen. All right, not let, top ten. All right. Well, let's go through it real quick. All right. I think we can all agree on the top eight in some order is LeBron, Giannis. Kawhi, Steph, Katie, and this is when everyone's healthy. Steph, Katie, Harden, Anthony Davis, and Luca. Are we good with that? Yeah. Damian Lillard. No. 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 <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Bubble recency bias has people yeah. flip. No. You said top ten. That was eight people. We said top eight. I'm saying that's the top eight. That's the top eight part. The question is: Is somebody like? Damian Lillard or Jokic I think is Jimmy th- Butler better yeah. than either one of those. I think the three. Okay, okay, okay. I think the three in contention for those last two spots are Jimmy Butler, Dame, and Nikola Jokic. And who do y'all take in those two? Now, if we're talking about regular season, I'm taking you know Dame and and Jokic probably because they put up numbers. Yeah. But in the postseason, Jimmy Butler has shown even last year with the Sixers. I mean, they were one game away from making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm taking Jimmy Butler over both of them, so I'd now, probably put him top I, eight. I just want to say, you're gonna you're gonna kill me for this. Okay. I already know. All right, I'm prepared. Russell Wilson is. I mean, <laughs> Russell Westbrook is still a better point guard to me than Damian Lillard. Stop it. That's the, I don't even want to have that conversation. It. Listen, stop it. Listen, he did terrible in the playoffs, but he's, he's always off, off in the playoffs. He's come off. Injury. He's always come off. On it's now. not just this year. He's always off on the playoffs. He's a liability in the playoffs. He is. He, he can, you can't commit he can't to shoot. That's the one part of basketball that is now essential, and he cannot do it. He's if you told me in 2000 that he's a top 10 player, I'd 100% agree with you. It's all about athleticism and who can get to the rim and who can I mean, finish. he's letting Damian Lillard beat him in a series where he has the, he has the best, like, you know, other player than those two and Paul George. Uh, uh, well, mm, let's not get so, don't, tell me, don't tell me CJ McCollum is better than Paul Russell, George. Russell Westbrook no. self-destructs in the playoffs because he feels like he has to do it all and he doesn't have to. But that's, that's ludicrous, so I want to get that out of there real quick. But, um... <laughs> I'm going to take Jimmy Butler top 10 because just like you all make arguments that Giannis has to drop because of playoff performances, I think it's also true that Jimmy Butler gets to rise up. I mean, he's going up against LeBron, Raymond James, and putting up 35-point triple-doubles in the NBA Finals. That is no small asterisk. I mean, no, but again, recency bias. I, I will put Yeah, Jokic recency above bias because he's put putting up triple-doubles in the NBA Finals, the biggest stage in the sport. But if we're going off that, then I can't put Luka above Jimmy because Luka hasn't even been to the playoffs. Um, he he was in the playoffs this yeah. year, but like but has he has he made a deep run? I mean, he got. Out I, th- I think though, round. if I'm still taking if I'm still taking one player, I'm going to take Luca over Jimmy. I I would even consider can just consider Joel Embiid over. Stop it! No, I don't Jimmy want that Butler. either. He Never. can't he can't stay on no the shot. court past the second quarter because he's huffing and puffing, or he's got to get a shot in between half times because he he's got an injury. To, to and I, I usually don't like my seven foot, two hundred seventy five pound big man shooting thirty footers on the regular. That's typically not what I want. <laughs> I, d- I feel like it's it's pretty easily, and it could be a recency bias, but I'm fine with that because the last two years he's played he's played well, but. I'd put him at least in the top ten. I'm not saying I'll he's top eight. T- ten to twelve. I'd, 12 I'd put him 15. at nine, probably nine or ten, pretty easily. Actually. I think I'm putting him nine right now. I mean, you could convince me otherwise, and there are other arguments, obviously. But so, I, are you are you saying that Jimmy Butler is a better player than Kyrie Irving? Yes, I am. 
another part of Jimmy Butler's game, and this is over also, you know, Kyrie, Jokic, and Dame, is that he's a much better defender than all those guys. Yeah. He's a better two-way player than all those guys, and he's guarding LeBron at the end of the games. That's not something that any of those other guys I mentioned can do. I, I totally agree. Okay. I was just I was just asking. Yeah, yeah, and I like and I don't, I don't really think that I think Kyrie's fringe top fifteen. Okay. Are you serious? I mean if we we just named a few players that, you know, I y'all heard me make the argument a couple weeks ago. I'm taking I'm taking Jamal Murray over um uh, Kyrie over Not as yet. Well. Not yet. Give me another year. By next year I probably say yeah, but he can't stay on the court as well. That's another thing that hurts him. That's fair. That's but fair. if if you show this year that that Kyrie, obviously he's got KD, yeah. and, you know, Jamal Murray's got Jokic, but, I mean, say they go deep in the playoffs next year, and you're going to put Kyrie back up there against Jamal. Yeah. And I, t- I, I just, Kyrie, I just don't think I've seen anything in the past couple of years for Kyrie to – And that's uh, fair because in Boston he had a, a very bad stint, which yeah. kind of left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, he might be the, one of the most talented point guards in the NBA just putting it all together. Um, all right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, our final segment, we're going to have pick-ems. Um, and uh, so come back for that. So maybe you can uh, put some parlays down to maybe win $17,000 or not. <laughs> um, so uh, you're listening to Red Zone on Revolution 91.7. Talking all things Tapper Sports, you're listening to Red Zone on Revolution 91.7. Yeah. Welcome back to Red Zone Radio. Final segment. Uh, getting some pickings in here. It is a... Uh, Sad day for the haters of all sports because uh, Jose Altuve leads off the ALCS with a home run to uh, Astros up one nothing on the Rays. And uh, the Red Rocket came in and got the Cowboys the win. So keep hating on Jose Altuve and uh, Andy Dalton. Nine for 11. The for Red Rifle. The Red Rifle, my bad. No, you're good. Nine for 11, <laughs> 118 yards. Pretty good. Very good. It shows you how good those receivers are. And uh, – Maybe. And the Giants got screwed out of a couple touchdowns. Oh, I'm sure. So. I'm sure they. I, did. I'll show I'm, you. I, yeah, I will show I, you. I'm sure they did. Uh, <laughs> moving on to pickums, um, we're gonna start out this week with number 15 BYU versus Houston. Uh, BYU had kind of a close call with Utsa uh, this weekend, which wasn't, um, which was not predicted. But um, <laughs> who y'all got? I'm gonna BYU. take BYU. Caden. I think everybody's BYU. Yeah, yeah Patrick. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take BYU as well. Um, Kentucky at number 18, Tennessee. Uh, Kentucky, I'm pretty sure they can. They got more interceptions than they completed passes their own wide receivers. Uh, they got six interceptions. And, um, Kate, I know you said something about boss man fat last night. I don't owe boss man fat anything because we got six of them stupid oh, interceptions. No, so, no. Uh, yeah. I'm going to need to see a little bit more. Um I'm going to go Tennessee because I will never pick Kentucky to beat Tennessee until it actually like, actually happens in Neyland. So, uh, Ryan. I'm going to go Kentucky because I, I could not trust um, – what is his name? Garantano. Garantano, Guantanamo, whatever it is. Don't do that to yourself. He, uh, I don't trust him at all. So, go Kentucky. And you trust Kentucky in Neyland? Uh, no, but I trust I that you. more yeah. than I trust – I got you. Caden? Uh, I'm going to go Kentucky. Um, shocker. Don't, but, don't yeah. do this to yourselves, fellas. Uh, Patrick. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you, Tori. I hate to say it, but Rocky Top. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh versus anything. number 13, Miami. Um, I'm going to go Miami, Ryan. Uh, yeah, this is pretty easily Miami. Uh, Caden? Yeah, give me the U. And then Patrick. Miami. 
Uh, number 14, Auburn versus South Carolina. Auburn had a very close call with Arkansas. I was really hoping Arkansas would go 0-10 in the SEC this year. I don't think that's going to happen, though. Felipe Franks. Yeah, Felipe Franks, what about? Uh, I think I'm going to go South Carolina, Ryan. And for why? <laughs> Bo Nix. All right, give me Auburn. <laughs> All right, Caden. Yeah, Auburn. Patrick. Yeah, I got Auburn as well. Uh, South Carolina looked good versus Vandy this weekend as well. Vandy? Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see what you said to that. Uh, LSU versus number 10, Florida. Um, I'm going to go Florida. I still think Florida is really good, even though they lost at Texas A&M, Ryan. I do, too, and LSU looks uh, awful, so yep. give me Florida. Caden. Yeah, I chose Florida last week, and I was not upset that they uh, that I lost that pick. Yep. So, But I'm going to go Florida again this week. Patrick. Give me the Gators. Uh, number eight, Cincinnati versus Tulsa. Um, this is Tory Bone's lock of the week. Give me Tulsa, Ryan. <laughs> lock of what? the week? Lock of the week. Yeah, you're losing points at this point. Give me a Cincinnati. Tori, are you doing this on purpose? No, I'm not. They're, they're only a three-and-a-half-point underdog. Cincinnati. I'm glad you said that because now I'm going to bet that. Yeah, uh, Caden. Cincinnati. Uh, Patrick. Cincy. Uh, Texas A&M versus Mississippi State. So, I just want to know how in the world you go from throwing – 600 yards versus LSU and setting an SEC passing record to throwing six interceptions the next week, and that is what K.J. Costello did this past week. It's very impressive. It shows that he can be on either side of the spectrum, and I think it shows his versatility. Um, so give me Texas A&M by 50. Now I'm going to go A&M as well. Okay? He, he was also pulled for a freshman quarterback who threw the pick six and essentially gave Kentucky the, the win. Yep. But, uh, oh, yeah, give me A&M. Patrick. Yeah, give me the Aggies. If Matthew was here, he would also say Hale State. Oh, 100%. Uh, Ole Miss versus Arkansas. This is a tough one because – Here's the two, thing. No, two. it's not. This is an easy pick. This is the – Is it, though? Felipe Franks is absolute garbage. And is Ole he, Miss, though? Lane Kiffin is going to run up the score by about 67 points. I mean, I'm picking Arkansas. Ole Miss, but I think it'll be a good game, Caden. Yeah, I'm scared to pick Arkansas, so give me Ole Miss. Is that Arkansas? It'll um, be a good game for a little while, and then Ole Miss is going to go on a, a rampage. Yeah. Uh, now, this really is the game of the week. Uh, number three, Georgia versus number two, Alabama. Ron. I need go. some – no, hold on. I need some reasoning uh, after you pick this. So, just so you know. Okay. Because I'm picking – I'm picking Bama, but I feel like it's going to be a lot closer than we think. Because if Ole Miss puts up 48 on that Bama defense, yeah. then just imagine what Georgia could do, especially if Georgia plays any type of defense. Caden. Uh, now, I feel like I have a comfortable lead in the pick'em standings. I don't know, but I feel like I do. Uh, as of last week, Caden. I was in second, me, which is fine. Yeah, you were one game behind. Which is fine. So, I believe in Stetson Bennett, the fourth, I think his name is. <laughs> so, go ahead and give me Georgia. Patrick. Roll Tide. Yeah, I'm going to go Alabama as well. Um, and WKU versus UAB. I want to pick the toss, but I'm not going to. So, uh, give me the Blazers, Ryan. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to be faithful, but uh, give me UAB. And Katie. Yeah, I think uh, Western opened up as a 14-point underdog. Yeah. Yes. Nice. UAB. Patrick? UAB. All right, that'll do it for tonight's show. Thank you all for listening. Um, go watch some sports tonight. Uh, you got the Game 6 of the NBA Finals. You have Sunday, uh, night, Sunday football. night Football. You have Game 1 of the ALDS, which I'm sure none of you will watch, but watch <laughs> it anyway uh, for – Ryan, Caden, Patrick, and myself, Tory Bowling, thank you all for listening. Go follow us on all social media platforms. And as always, go, go Tops. Tops.